Hey, Advisorist Nation, you're listening to the Advisorist Podcast, the most loved podcast for insurance and financial advisors worldwide that want to grow faster, increase commissions, and build a lifestyle you love. London to New York, Montreal to Munich, Austin to Australia. Shut down distractions, get focused, grab your notepad. It's time for Advisorist. Let's do this. In today's episode, Matt interviews a good friend of mine, Amy McElwain. You may know Amy as the former global industry principal at Hootsuite, which is the world's largest social relationship management company with over 13 million users worldwide. My good friend Amy has been on Fox, CBS, ABC, and NBC as a social media expert and delivers keynote presentations to financial services organizations around the world. With over 15 years of experience in digital marketing and the founder of Financial Social Media, Amy's presentations and her wisdom draw on her immense experience in helping Fortune 500 banks, financial and insurance companies, and organizations operationalize social media to drive revenue, decrease expenses, and manage risk. She's been a regular contributor to Investment News, The Wall Street Journal Online, Think Advisor, and in 2014 was named by Life Health Pro as one of the 24 most creative people in insurance. In addition to her book, The Social Advisor, Social Media Secrets of the Financial Industry, has been featured as a bestseller on Amazon. Here's Matt Walton with Amy McElwain. Amy, we are very, very grateful to have you here today at Advisorist. What are you grateful for today? Well, grateful to be here, obviously, (laughs) but beyond that, one of the things I'm most grateful for are the friendships I've made throughout my career. I am constantly just amazed at the accomplishments and the inspiration that my friends are putting forward in their businesses, the lives they're changing, the impact they're having. So I'm really grateful to just have so many awesome people (laughs) that I'm surrounded by and have helped me in my career. Awesome. What would you say was your number one challenge in your career, your biggest obstacle to overcome? You know, I would say one of the biggest obstacles that I've I've needed to overcome is actually asking those friends for help. Mm-hmm. I feel often, you know, as a business owner, you can feel very isolated, but you feel like you need to do this on your own. You need to accomplish, you know, these challenges, especially in this day and age of social media where everyone's just projecting all of the good mm-hmm. and it looks like all of this rocket ship going up. But the reality, it's a roller coaster of ups right. and downs. And I think one of the biggest struggles I've had is actually admitting when I'm not doing well and asking for help. He said, I have an incredible network and so often it's, you know, you need to put on this mask of perfection when the reality is just asking for help. There's probably an army of people that are willing to help you. So, you know, being able to kind of humbly admit that you're you're not great at everything (laughs) and reach out. Are you sure? (laughs) Yes. All right, okay, this is one of my favorite questions. What is the best piece of business advice you've ever gotten in your career? Everyone has such a varied and, you know, wonderful answer, and I'm dying to hear yours. The best piece of business advice, I am one that has a million little one-liners that I kind of live by, but one of the best pieces is, you know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Mm -hmm. So many people I talk to have these ideas and they keep trying to wait for the timing to be perfect, and the idea has to be perfect, and everything's got to come into alignment. But the reality it's never going to be perfect. You just need to go and correct as you go. 
So I've kind of, I put like a, a marker in place when it's 80%, that's good enough to go out. Because I feel like that last 20% can take all of the time that it took to build the first 80%. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you just need to go and correct as you go. Speaking of business advice, if your life were a book, what would its title be? Hmm, if my life were a book, I think it would be The Wanderlust Entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to read that book. <laughs> well, you know, one of the reasons I started my own business to begin with is I wanted to create a lifestyle where I could live and work anywhere in the world. And when I first started my business, I achieved that. And I spent a few months in Argentina. I was in Costa Rica. I went to Chicago for the summer. And the most exotic of those three places. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, you know, travel is something that's really important to me, and it has changed my perspective on life. <laughs> it has taught me so much about business, about myself, and um, I plan on, on seeing the world. <laughs> what in particular and where did you learn the most profound thing in your travels? You know, I think there's so many applications from travel to business. You know, one of the analogies that I like to look at is, you know, there's two ways you can get somewhere. You can catch an airplane and fly directly there and take the, the shortcut, or you can take the longer route, take the train, take the buses, and both will get you to the same spot. But what you're going to learn by taking that slower route is going to pay dividends in the long run and will help equip you with new skills for life. And oftentimes I see that with businesses. You can take the short route and just throw money at the problem and have it go away, or you actually take the time to work through that problem. And that's going to really help you learn and be more successful in the long run. So if your life had a theme song, what would it be? Well, my favorite artist is one that's not super well known, but he's absolutely incredible, Michael Franti in Spearhead. And one of his songs is, It's Good to Be Alive Today. So I feel like that would be my theme song. I'll have to check that out. Can we get the licensing rights for that on this podcast? We'll try. <laughs> got any good jokes for us? Good jokes. Well, I've got a few cheesy ones if you want to hear them. They're the best. Keep the clean ones. Okay. What is round on the ends and high in the middle? Round on the ends. Ohio. Bingo. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. You got another one that I don't know? I'm born in Cincinnati, so grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio girl, so a little Ohio joke. Are you going back home for the holidays? No, my family actually goes down to Florida for the holidays, oh, so nice. I'm going to be heading down to Siesta Key and enjoying a little beach time. Speaking of travel, you have some big travel plans coming up, right? Are you allowed to talk about that? Yes, absolutely. Really excited to share with you. So I have a new book coming out called The Social CEO. Congratulations. Thank you. It's about empowering a human business, and I'm going to be taking off on a global book tour. So starting in February, I'll be in Southeast Asia and kind of working my way around the globe. Fantastic. So, okay, so you, you used to live in Colorado, you grew up in Ohio, you, mm -hmm. you holiday in Florida, and you're going on a global book tour. Best restaurant you've ever eaten at and their best dish? Best restaurant? Well, being from Cincinnati, this isn't as much a restaurant as it is a, a Cincinnati staple, okay. Grater, Grater's Ice Cream. Grater's Ice Cream. The best ice cream, hands down. The chocolate chips are these huge, thick, like candy bar chunks of chocolate. They're absolutely incredible. If you're in Cincinnati, you've got to get some Grater's ice cream. What, so, what makes it different, just aside from the chocolate chips? Just like the flavors are incredible, the creaminess, but it's the chips. The chips are the That's differentiator, it. yep. Very cool, very cool. Favorite 90s jam? Oh, favorite 90s jam. I actually just went to Dave Matthews. Oh, I just saw Bob Blues Trap. Oh, so I, great. I still got it. Oh, guys. yeah. But Dave, I, Dave is always a big fixture. I just saw him at Madison Square Garden the other night, so it was incredible. Awesome. I'm seeing the Stones again. Ooh, you got tickets. I found out it's my Christmas present. Amazing. So speaking of gifts, 
Mm-hmm. What was the last gift you gave someone or gave yourself? I recently left Hootsuite, where I had been working for the past three years, and the impressions that some of the colleagues really made on me have become friendships for life. Just such incredible people. And there's there's one in particular person that just has been so kind and opening his home and would invite us all over for game nights and wine and just open and share everything. And he's got, you know, really like high-end tastes and is just like this great guy. But he was missing coasters. There was never a single coaster in his apartment. Were there rings on all his furniture? <laughs> there, were, there weren't rings on his furniture. I'm sure he cleaned everything up immediately. <laughs> but he never had a coaster. So what kind of coasters do you give to the man who has everything uh, the man except who has ever- coasters? You go to one of those cute, adorable little Christmas markets in the season in New York. And I found him a, a great pair of custom coasters with the New York skyline. Very So cool. that was my kind of like goodbye, thank you gift to, to that individual. Advisors is all about family, of course. So who are you closest to in your family and why? Who am I closest to in my family? You know, I'd have to say my mom. Like my mom has just been an incredible support system and an influence for me. My life, especially when you grow out on your own as an entrepreneur, like there's extreme highs and extreme lows. And my mom always believed in me, stood by my side, and was the voice of reason <laughs> at times. What were some of the what were some of her reasonings? Like what were some what were some of the advice that she gave you aside from being there for uh-huh. you? What were some of the things she told you that stuck with you for life? Well, some of the things, you know. I need to take care of myself first. (laughs) I need to be client number one instead of just kind of giving and giving and giving is, you know, make sure I I take the time to take care of myself because if I'm not whole, then I can't be helping others. And so that really stood by me. Got a phone, of course. What's your favorite Mm -hmm. app, Business of Pleasure? Instagram, hands down. Really? Oh, yeah. You're big on it? Oh. You take pictures of your food or... You know, I've been taking pictures of us filming this. Oh, is that right? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. You're already on it? You're on my Insta story. How are you doing that? <laughs> so I would uh, look at in, uh, my, my Instagram handle is socialamy. Yeah. So I would encourage you to follow me on Instagram. I will. You can see my adventures around the world as I embark on this global book tour. For that <laughs> and yeah, I, I just love kind of sharing things. And then I love also watching other people's stories. It is inspiration. And it also allows me to stay connected to those that, I, you know, if I'm not in the same city, it allows me to stay up to date on what what's going on in their life, what's important to them. So, so for you, social media is without question more of a connector than... Oh, 100%. The whole reason I got started on social media is I remember I was <laughs> I had studied abroad in Australia back in 2002, and I got back from Australia, and I had met these really amazing Norwegian friends, and they were living in Oslo, but they weren't on MySpace, because we were all on MySpace back in the day, and I was like, gosh, dang it, Like I don't want to have to sign up for this stupid Facebook thing right. just so I can stay in touch with you guys. Why don't you just get on MySpace like everybody? Everybody else. <laughs> and I think we know where that story went. Yeah, yeah. But sure enough, I signed up for Facebook back in like 2004, specifically to stay in touch with my Norwegian friends. Yeah. <laughs> and you yeah, know, the rest of you still friends today? Oh, absolutely. That's again, what I, I really love about my job is being able to kind of travel and I speak at a lot of conferences and events around the world. So this late year, I was actually in Stockholm and I was in Copenhagen. So I had the opportunity, I popped into in Norway, I saw another good friend in Sweden, but it's nice. these relationships. And these relationships that probably would have fizzled off and not existed had social media not been around. Because of social media, I feel more connected to them. I can stay in contact with them. If this were back in the day of just pen pals writing letters, these friendships would have likely fallen off. And it's been instrumental in your business too. Instrumental. You know, I started financial social media, a digital agency back in 2010. And at first it was little me working out of the kitchen. We all probably have that story when we started out. And I grew that company to 15 employees over the course of four years. 
And it was all through social media by blogging and sharing content and subject matter expertise. And then I wrote a couple books and being able to distribute that content is key. So oftentimes you'll hear content is king, Mm -hmm. but distribution is queen. Right. And she's the one that wears the pants. (laughs) (laughs) You can have all the great content in the world, but if no one hears it, it's not going to do anything for you. That is a great point. (laughs) One of the core values at Advisorist is can I? Constant and never-ending improvement. What are some of the tools and tactics you've picked up over the years that applies in that context? You know, when it comes to continuing to grow your business is you always need to stay on top of the latest trends. So like I said, I've helped tens of thousands of advisors get started on social media over the past decade. I can't believe it's been 10 years now. (laughs) It's been, been, you know, over 10 years, I've worked with tens of thousands of advisors on social media. And some of the misconceptions that you will hear from some of the insurance carriers or broker dealers out there, oh, you know, social media is for the young people. Our advisors are typically an older demographic, 45 to 65, like that's not going to be for them. It's just for the young advisors. But what I can tell you is of all the advisors I've worked with, it's not the young advisors that are flocking to social media. It's the top advisors. Because the top advisors know if they're going to stay on top and stay at the top of their game, that they need to constantly stay curious and be investing in and at least exploring the newest tools, technologies, products, things out there, or someone is going to come from behind. So I think that's a big thing is, you know, stay curious and don't get kind of stuck in a rut of this is the way I've always done it because things change. I remember even getting into this business and financial services back in, you know, 2003. And some people would say, oh, email, like, I'm not going to do this email thing. My clients are seniors. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to respond to an email. Could you imagine saying that today? You know, communication has shifted again and it's happening twice as fast. And it's time to get on board with these new technologies and communication. And social is the primary way we communicate in today's digital world. So unless you plan on retiring in the next few years, you really need to get on board with us. To get a little further into the tactical nature of what it is we're here to talk about, another thing we're big on is dropping the honey. So what kind of ways have you discovered to make your interactions, your business, your platform sweeter? You know, I'm going to go back to social media. I mean, social media, again, is the primary way we communicate in today's digital world. And, you know, it's not just about pushing things out there. That's a big misconception is, you know, that's this advertising platform where we're taking this one-way monologue communication and broadcasting it out to the world. You know, social media is about relationships. It's about building trust. It's about connecting. So taking the time to listen first and listening on social media equates to following. So a tactical thing that I recommend advisors or any salespeople take away is look at your LinkedIn connections Mm -hmm. and go in. Anyone that you're connected to, connect with your clients and And then when you're connected with them, you can see all of their second degree connections. So rather than asking for an introduction to someone they know, I mean, we all go through the whole referral wheel process when we first get started and things like that. So instead of just thinking of people in buckets, actually go in and look at the names of these people. One advisor I know has doubled his referrals simply by connecting with his clients. And then after the meeting, he goes in and he says, you know, Mr. Client, we're connected on LinkedIn. I see you also know Sandy and Mary. I think I might be able to help them because of XYZ. Would you be open to making an introduction? And it's that simple. So, you know, all through email, of course, all through, well, through LinkedIn. So, or no, all of that is a face-to-face conversation. 
So before we meet, I would look through your LinkedIn profile and then I could see, oh, look, we know Paul Feldman in common. (laughs) And it automatically, you know, you know, connects you. Or I'd be like, oh my goodness, you know, these two people, I've been dying to meet them. Would you be open to making an introduction? So I think that's a misconception. Oftentimes we tend to think in online world and offline world, Mm -hmm. but we really need to be blending the two together. It's, It's all communication. So how do we leverage that knowledge that we're obtaining online for offline conversations, offline appointments, offline phone calls? Do you have any nuggets, tricks of the trade that, that's been working great for you these days that you'd like to share with some of our listeners? Yeah, you know, a great trick for advisors, again, leveraging social media to really stay top of mind for those VIP people that they're trying to connect with, kind of get around that gatekeeper is reaching out using LinkedIn in-mails, so mm-hmm. sending messages to these people directly, or on Twitter. This is a little trick that I do. I um, In my book, I interviewed a number of very high-level CEOs, and people are like, Amy, how did, you, how did you get an interview with that CEO? Well, on Twitter, I subscribed to notifications for any time they sent out a tweet. So every time they sent out a tweet, I got a notification on my phone. I was the first person to like it. And they start to see my name because these are their own personal social handles. Mm-hmm. Someone isn't managing them for them. So they start to see my name. And then once they you know, become familiar with me, I might send them a note, let them know I'm working on a book. And sure enough, I start to get responses. So it's about turning yourself from a stranger into them becoming a consumer of your content and ultimately a client. Until you finish writing Wanderlust Entrepreneur, we do have a book that's about to come out that you have. Yes. We're just talking about that. So I want to give you the soapbox now and give you the chance to say anything you want to our listeners about the book, about you know, their careers, about life in general. Mm-hmm. So my new book is called The Social CEO, Empowering a Human Business. And the reality today is there's a study from Weber Shandrick that says that 50% of a company's reputation is based on the reputation of the CEO. So the company's reputation is based on the reputation of the CEO. And what CEOs are doing today is rather than allowing that reputation to be controlled by third-party media, you know, CNBC, the newspapers, radio, rather than letting them control their voice, they're taking ownership of their own voice and leveraging social as a tool to communicate, not simply with the public investors and clients, but also their employees. So, you know, that's a big part of it as well, is CEOs see the opportunity to step away from the ivory tower and show this human side of themselves in this ever-competing job market. Millennials today, they want to go and they want to work for the sexy tech startup companies. They don't want to go into banking and insurance. So I think this is a real opportunity to show off what this industry is. We're not these bad guys, you know, we're helping families and we're, you know, helping with retirement savings, insurance, all this great stuff. So tell the story, talk about the lifestyle that it allows you to have. So that's, you know, a big part of it is how do we again attract that next generation of talent? And then how do we scale that throughout the business? So beyond the social CEO, how do we empower a social sales force, amplify through employee advocates and really unlock digital transformation across the organization? This strikes me as so important right now because in a way, in the gig economy, all of us are our own CEOs of our little businesses, our little gigs, our lives. Uh, certainly with social, we are putting a, we have a, a label and a brand. I, I say we all have our own little cable networks mm-hmm. now. So speak a little bit more about why today this matters more than ever. 
you hit the nail on the head. You know, we are our own personal brand. We are our own media station in the palm of our hands with our smartphone. We have the ability to broadcast messages to millions and we can control this message. So what do we want to tell the world? What message do we want to put out there? For me personally, my personal brand is entrepreneur, social connector, and traveler. And traveling has nothing to side, nothing to do with the business side of things, but I love to travel. And you know, I, I'll post pictures of the Galapagos or Iguazu Falls or, you know, wherever I'm at in the world. And I have people come up to me at conferences saying, oh my gosh, Amy, like I've been following you on social and I've always wanted to go to the Galapagos. Tell me about it. So it really allows me to connect in a more human and authentic way. So you're your own storyteller. So again, with those three key pillars for me, it's entrepreneur, social connector, and traveler. I'm not just randomly taking pictures of my food and posting it online, right. unless I'm having paella in Spain. There you go. You've worked them all <laughs> exactly. into a triangle. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. Very cool. So in show business, if you're pitching a movie, you want to say it's a cross between this and this. It's Jurassic Park meets Driving Miss Daisy, right? So right away, you know exactly what that movie is. Okay, you may not get it, but you know what that movie is. So it strikes me that your triangle approach to your personal brand mm -hmm. is very much uh, similar. How, what, what advice could you give people who are struggling to find their pitch, their brand, their mm -hmm. personal triangle of traits? I would recommend an advisor, again, really kind of think about two things they're known for business-wise. Maybe it's like a reason they got into the business. Maybe there's some kind of personal connection there, but then also a personal side. Again, peel off that layer. You don't have to be business, business, business all the time. That's why we have client appreciation events and we take them golfing and we do these things. We show the human side of us. So are you an avid golfer? Are you a, a Bears fan? Do you collect antique automobiles or a huge scooter? Diver. Think about what these things are and don't be afraid to share that personal side of your life. Another advisor's core value is strong mind, strong body. What are some of the hacks that you've learned and have applied that have been working well for you? So this is kind of a two-part approach to a couple hacks I figured out. The first one was this concept of power naps. Power naps? <laughs> I think I read somewhere that if you sleep between 20 to 40 minutes, it's like a specific window. It's like sleeping two to three extra hours in the day. And I am constantly on the go. I'm flying on airplanes, I'll land for a conference, but then I have a dinner to go out to and I, I just crash if I don't have a power nap. So I've really kind of trained myself to take these 20 to 40 minute power naps and it has been an absolute game changer. I've been doing that for about a decade. Part two of what has really helped one of the hard things was always falling asleep. <laughs> I couldn't fall asleep. So about three or four years ago, I discovered meditation. And you know, listening to this meditation app on my phone, I have listened to it at least 300 times. I've only not fallen asleep twice. <laughs> Can you tell us the app? It's amazing. It. <laughs> it's called Rest and Relax. Rest and Relax. It's one of those free meditation apps. But and then just meditation in general has really helped me as well. Quiet my mind. As I'm sure a lot of us are that type A personality. There's constantly like boom, 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 like ideas, ideas, ideas going through our head. So kind of practicing the skills to just kind of quiet your mind, take a deep breath and be present has really been instrumental for me. Another core value we have is Kanai, constant and never ending improvement. How are you showing Kanai in your personal or business life? Stay curious. Always seeking new things, exploring new things. Push yourself beyond your limits, beyond your boundaries. Put yourself in situations where you feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Stretch yourself. So constantly, whether it's you know traveling to a new country, learning a new language, sitting down for a cuisine that you haven't had before. There's all sorts of ways to continue to learn and educate yourself and expand your mind. 
So driving toward the strange and unknown mm -hmm. rather than away from yep. it. Yep. So this is our favorite little scenario we set up for each guest. You've lost everything. All you have left is $500, your laptop, your insurance license, and 30 days. How do you reboot your life? How do you reboot your business? Network, network, network. Go on. You know, I've heard uh, one of the, my other little sayings that I live by is, you know, your, your network is your net worth. <laughs> so I would get out there and start meeting and connecting to people, but bringing those people into my online community too. So leveraging social media, creating content. I cannot emphasize the importance of creating a blog, whether it's a written blog or a video blog or a podcast. It's about putting out this thought leadership content. So any of my friends that are starting businesses, I tell them that's where they need to start is they need to start with a blog and creating consistent, regular content, sharing that content, because that's going to be a differentiator. It's going to keep you top of mind for money in motion events, and it's going to really differentiate you from every other advisor out there. Any final words, anything else you'd like to say before we uh, say goodbye? No. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say. That's it. She's said All everything she's wanted to say <laughs> ever. And you've said plenty. <laughs> um, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure and a joy mm -hmm. to talk to you. And <laughs> you've you gotten so many, so many wonderful <laughs> bits of advice. And we'll, we can't wait to see you next season. Yeah, sounds awesome. Good luck traveling. Be safe, please. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Hey, Advisors Nation, are you ready to take your insurance or financial services practice to the next level? And are you prepared to fill your calendar with high quality appointments and bring so many leads that you get to pick and choose with whom you're going to work with? If yes, then be sure to check out Advisorist, a premium members-only community of insurance and financial advisors who are striving to excellence. Inside this community, you'll learn the strategies and tactics that most successful service providers are using, and you'll be able to implement them and see results faster than you ever thought was possible. Get all of the details here at advisorist.com forward slash membership. That's advisorist.com forward slash membership advisorist.com forward slash membership. We'll see you inside. You could be larger than life, bigger than the world, living out the hopes and dreams of every boy and every girl. You could fly higher than the sky, shine brighter than the stars. You could have all you ever wanted. Shoot the moon and reach for Mars. You know you could.